Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Raven. I don't even know where to start with this. This is perhaps the most Canadian movie I've seen in I don't know how many years. Oh, he didn't watch any of those uh, those Liam Neeson movies with us, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw the one with the snowplow driver, so that was enough. That was Canadian. Which one? <laughs> Cold Pursuit, is, that was it. I had to think about it. <laughs> Braven is a movie that no one has ever heard of, but they should. Yes, it this is, is very much up our alley. <laughs> It is the definition of, man, that is solid right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no matter no matter what uh no matter what you're paying the price of admission for, you're going to get it. Whether it's, you know, the semi-serious family drama, the barely 90-minute runtime, the throne axes, you know, something for everybody. Oh God, that throne yeah. axe. The multiple shots of people galloping in the snow. All right. So, uh, before we get into that, Parker, <coughs> a lot of <laughs> Sorry. Let's just clear the fucking table <laughs> the, here. The news. Yes. <laughs> Let me just pick up this David Letterman-esque note card that says Chris Pratt is Garfield. Tear it in half so we can just discuss the Texas special teams coach monkey biting a child. All... We're recording this the day after Halloween. It came out that the coach's pet monkey bit a trick-or-treater. And then it came out, oh, no, no, no. It's not the coach's monkey. You see, the coach left his wife and child to be with a stripper who goes by the name Pole Assassin, and it's her monkey. <laughs> the monkey is her emotional support monkey, which is apparently a thing. I can't bring my dog in stores, but she can put a vest on a fucking monkey that bites children. That is actually how it works, yeah. Oh my god. You know that kid's got monkey nucleosis now, right? <laughs> Next step is sweaty palms, then it's irritability, then expiration. No enhanced abilities, no physical <laughs> mutations, no nothing. Now, Parker, it's important for us to get the facts straight and to tell both sides of the story. Now, Do the monkey noise. Pole, As- Pole Assassin Call. has since rebutted many of these claims and said, don't believe everything that you read or see. I... It's a little tough to understand what she's trying to say. She's saying a lot. I don't quite understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, she said that the monkey is actually trained. And, in fact, word? I believe, I think the exact words were, he communicate with high five. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, I'm petting the kitty. <laughs> <laughs> so her little shakma was just hanging out in the backyard. <laughs> I have a series of tweets here. I had a haunted house on one side gated off. He had no permission to go past the gate. I had no idea he went in my backyard. Neither did I know anything about a bite. Until a doctor of neighborhood told me to treat a small bite. Doctor of neighborhood? (laughs) No parents have contacted me about it. Now someone responds, is the monkey vaccinated? Could be serious. 
And I initially took this very differently, and it sent me down a fucking tailspin. Like, so do you think the monkey can't get coronavirus? Yeah, well, for, again, we've already said that this that the monkey gave the kid monkey nucleosis. Yes. Let's get our medical terms right here. Let's also set aside the, the idea that this was effectively a guard monkey. And <laughs> I, you don't I just, want to go on that. So, so there was a like haunted, haunted house. house in the neighborhood. You know? There was a haunted house in the backyard that was gated off, and inside it was a monkey. And also, <laughs> no one was allowed to go into this separate haunted house that existed no, it was a, with it a was monkey inside. It, it was an adults-only haunted party, so I don't, I don't know what that means. Maybe they're does the monkey, does the monkey get stressed out by things closer to its size, or what? Like, how does this work? Maybe. It's like he knows that, like, okay, I, I can't overpower this one, that one. Oh, man, size them up. Let's go. Come on. Trick or treat. Ah, <laughs> uh, tails it is. <laughs> Sorry, <kid>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so i'm kind of thinking of like uh the guest where it's like it's sort of like a maid sort of thing there so what if that what if that haunted house was kind of like structured like a pyramid and like <laughs> you, you make the wrong turn <laughs> all right little timmy left or right Ooh, you sure about that <laughs> and uh he's like okay i chose left i jump over the uh hidden platform here and uh-oh <laughs> take, take the weed right out of your bag. <laughs> no, I can't. You know, you know the thing people do where like they'll dress up and pretend to be like a dummy and then scare you when you come up to get the candy. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was imagining. In the cage. <laughs> the idea, the idea that it was a bit and the monkey was standing perfectly still, just trying to fuck with some. <laughs> There's a bowl that says, "Please take one." The kid takes a handful. You're. I like the idea that the monkey looks like it's like a taxidermy, like a stuffed monkey. It's yeah. like this, like it's like it's like singing. It's dressed up like a clown, like Pagliacci or something. And then like it, as, as the kid's walking by, you like you zoom and you see the monkey's eyes like moving like left to right, like a fucking Scooby Doo like painting. Haunted painting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously though, we need to turn this into a movie. Like this is oh such a God. this is a better movie idea than Halloween. Oh my god. <laughs> No, yeah, the candy's right back there. Just go into the haunted cave. Where's the monkey? Honey, honey, where's the... Oh, no. This is so great because, like, this is how urban legend starts. Remember Joey? He got attacked by a monkey. Yeah, man, he just went in that house, and there was, like, a, a taxidermy monkey standing by the door, and then he turned around, and when he turned back, the monkey was gone. We don't have a monkey statue. Get the kids out of the house. He, he, so let's like draw the picture of who this kid is. First of all, his name is, I don't know, Johnny. Johnny, for the sake of argument, Johnny walks in here and he's just like, he's the bad boy in the group, right? Everyone else is like dressed as like normal, like Halloween costumes. He's got like that scream mask where you press the thing and blood comes down the mask and everything. He's the bad kid. He's just like, oh, you guys are lame. I'm going to go to the fun house. I hear they got a haunted house on that side, not the other side. I don't know why Paul Assassin decided to mention that. And it's a game. I'm going to hop the fence and go in there. I heard it's adults only. I heard they might have booze. And the kid's like, no, Johnny, don't do it. And he goes in there. Five seconds passes of silence. And he hears screaming. He runs out with a fucking macaque on his face. <laughs> he, just, he went into the haunted house without his flashlight on. So he got murdered in a fucking gang hazing ritual. <laughs> It's Devil's Night, kid. Sorry, <laughs> not to tell you. <laughs> you know the Lewis Black bit about if it wasn't for my horse, I never would have spent that year in college. 
That's me pacing around the house just thinking out loud. Emotional support monkey. He has his shots. He communicate with high five. <laughs> That's going to be me for the next month and a half just staring out the window. Emotional support monkey. <laughs> Truly tragic this didn't happen a week ago so we couldn't all be the monkey for Halloween. Oh my god. <laughs> she speak by command. High five. <laughs> Thank you for getting exact right. She speak by command. Oh, so this is a she. Oh, man. You know, this is so been good. A... He'd be drafted three times. <laughs> You know, honestly, this could have been an unintended romance, you know? Maybe he just didn't pick up on her signals. That was a love bite. It's a meet-cute. Maybe that's a heteronormative way of looking at that, at this. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> my first thought is this is uh, this goes from monkey horror movie to monkey romance movie. <laughs> a monkey just chasing a child trying to high-five it. <laughs> Oh man, that monkey just wants some gold doubloons. I'm just picturing Clayton Bigsby, except it's a monkey that thinks it's a pit bull. Now, this was in Texas. Parker, you gotta go to that house. I would give it anything. I want to take a picture inside that monkey cage more than I want to be alive, dude. I gotta see what was in that haunted house for adults only. So we know, like, we we have, like, like photo evidence that she takes the monkey to work at the strip club, right? Like, I think uh, someone said it's I, part of her act. Yeah, that's yeah, what I saw. Yeah, it's part yeah, of her act. I, like, I don't know. Her out yet, but if I was at a strip club and a woman brought a monkey on stage, I promise you, I would have a picture of it. Dude, could you imagine if it had a little tiny g-string to put dollar bills in? <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of monkey is it? In my head, it's like an orangutan. Oh, no, in my head, it's fucking Marcel right. from Friends. Like, I know. Realistically, it's just like, a, oh, look at the funny champ. That's so funny. It's I, a I, lot I, funnier I, if an orangutan bit a kid, though. It's, it's <laughs> gotta the, say. No, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the puppet from Zobumafu. So. <laughs> Just, that face of him make that's that puppet was always making a soy face by the way it's always going like same <laughs> that oh my god that's his fucking that's his fucking picture when he gets like fingerprinted and everything that's his uh <laughs> that's his mugshot the monkey's name is Gia we have learned the monkey's name is Gia beautiful the monkey has an Instagram okay Alright, okay, all right, guys. All right. This episode is on hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about this for the rest of the night. Oh my god. It's a good thing that we watched fucking, uh, that we watched The Lawnmower Man before this, because if we watched it afterwards, we wouldn't know if oh. we were awake or dreaming. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I'm living an episode of The X Files right now. I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> Alright, so the Eternals trailer is out. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that. <laughs> Many people are saying. there are. It's got all fact, my favorites. There are no amorous monkeys in the Eternals trailer. This is my trained monkey named Kingo. <laughs> oh, so they're supposed to protect humanity, but they couldn't protect that kid from getting bitten by the monkey? Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. They're just standing down because Galactus told it. What's his name? Galaxion Ultron? Who so cares? Galactus. Galactus is his name. He's a big guy. Uh, he, I think he's one who told them they're not allowed to interfere unless an Eternal is in there. And I don't know why. I, I don't really read comics, so. Um, 
Anyway, this one's getting a lot of backlash on the internet. A lot of people are saying, this movie looks like crap. I don't want to see it. And a lot of accounts that are pretty obviously like those paid accounts from Marvel executives, like they were they, they were created in uh, January of 2021 with like Marvel Fan 2023 on there. And they're like, they're, their username is like something about how great the Eternals are and everything. And everything about them is just all set to advertise for the Eternals. These people get paid more than I do. Uh, they're all trying to defend it. You are racist and sexist and homophobic and transphobic if you do not like the Eternals, which, by the way, isn't out yet. Uh, the only reason people are allegedly complaining about this is because it's directed by a woman, and she's an Academy Award winner, too, so that must be why we don't like this trailer that looks like ass. Uh... I will admit something here. Okay, I admit the trailer looks like complete ass. The story does not interest me. The jokes look really, really bad, and I have no idea what it's about. I don't really have any interest in seeing it. But I have to admit, I almost get a little suspicious at all this backlash. I have a feeling that people are turning away a little too quickly, and it's a lot of people that I, I don't really trust with their movie opinions. I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? The winds are changing a little too quickly for these old ears. So, I'm not saying I'm going to spend money to see this, because... Yeah, you are. No. 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 But, I yeah, will say that I'm a little bit suspicious, so... I don't know. Look, I always say, like, I'm going to see it. I still haven't seen Black Widow or Shang-Chi, so I think I'm doing uh, pretty well for myself here. Sexist and racist. Absolutely. Uh, Alex. Uh, <laughs> just to direct you guys to the uh, message I'm sending you both on Discord as we speak okay. here. Okay. Uh, an important update speak. has been found. It is exactly yeah. the way Look that the I pictured monkey. that monkey. Yeah. That's exactly yep. the way I pictured it. <laughs> Look at the monkey. And someone, of course, found the old Jerry Springer <laughs> account tweeting <laughs> about the appearance on the show. Hell yeah. This oh my is God. my life now. This is... I now get <laughs> what true crime girls are all about. This is what? all I care about. <laughs> what the fuck happened to her right ass cheek? There's this gigantic indentation in oh, there. The monkey uh, has a track yeah. record. <laughs> She also uh, said right instead of left, and she paid the price. <laughs> well, he's never done this before, except for, you know, the other times. Yeah, the other time. And, and the time before that, too. No way to stop this, says only Monkey when this continues to happen. <laughs> Picture on, of on, Monkey on, wearing a tutu. One sec, one sec. Okay, alright, I'm following the Monkey. Okay, uh... <laughs> So the bio on here is re oh my god the Parker Parker could, would you like to read the bio? Hang on. I'm working on it. You, you go ahead and do it because uh, okay. I'm not paying under pressure and misspelling. It says I'm a you're gonna have to just pretend there's yeah I'm a white faced capuchin dot 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 I'm a girl dot 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 my name Gia dot I'm a emotional support animal. <laughs> <laughs> Space dot space. I can make you smile. Space two dots. That's really impressive typing for a monkey. Honestly. You know, how many typewriters do you think Gia used? Just go ahead and take a second to look at who the monkey is following. Because it's other monkeys no and way. also strippers. <laughs> it's so good. There's so many monkeys on me. You guys, this is oh the best my day God. of life. <laughs> How did we buy this? this oh my God! 
I don't think the so monkey Parker, did it. I'm just gonna come out and say it. <laughs> the newest post is the monkey on someone's face with the caption, I will even attack daddy about pole assassin. Get back or you're getting scratched out, lol. <laughs> oh my god, the monkey's trying to use the toilet. You guys. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the one that I retweeted, but uh, did I retweet it? Oh, I don't know. I think they. Oh my god, they deleted it! They deleted it! Oh. Fuck. Okay, well, Gia is our pole assassin as a coward. She deleted the one where uh, it's like, yeah, my monkey loves attacking babies. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you just put this out here for everyone to see? I know that was out there. I know that shit was out there, and I retweeted it in a second. I will be 2030. It'll be the year 2035, and I will think of pole assassin and her pet monkey <laughs> that attacked the child. <laughs> Oh my god, can we I get her on never, the show? I will never forget this as long as I live. <laughs> Just listen to her scream about how her monkey did nothing wrong and I tried to talk to her about Norbit. Oh, I will absolutely. We will give her a voice. We yes. will boost her message. Yes. Parker, you're a fan of the Longhorns. How are their special teams this year? Uh, you would think better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if we were in the film room and there's just a monkey crawling around, it's hard to focus on, you know, <laughs> positioning. Okay, so are you going to go with a wedge block on here, or are you going to target number 26? Answer quickly. <laughs> Three, two, one. Uh, I, I don't know. I was going to... Oh, no! <laughs> so where's your head on that play, huh? What are you doing? All right, he's go just, in the cage. Go in the cage. He's just jumping. He's just jumping. <laughs> he's just leaping from helmet to helmet like Sonic's homing attack. Man, you think that's why that kid didn't want to go in the concussion shed? God damn it, I was just talking about <laughs> I was trying to make sure I got Mike Leach. God damn it. <laughs> Mike Leach was throwing that dipshit kid into a shed with a monkey. <laughs> oh my god, would you rather be would you rather be in that concussion shed or on like that gigantic like like a uh, cherry picker from Notre Dame during a windy day? Oh my god. Like with the monkey or <laughs> Oh my god, the monkey will be fine. Cherry pepper during the wind. They land on their feet. It's okay. It's like that scene in The Sixth Sense at the birthday party where they stuff them in that little closet. They're there with the monkey. It's the last time we ever see the kid alive. Oh my god, I'm just imagining like the fucking horror movie. Like they start off, they're at a party, the kids are playing Seven Minutes in Heaven, they go into the closet, and then they start making out, and out of nowhere the monkey murders them. No, well, it's a female monkey, so maybe they're making They count it down and open the doors and see two kids with their faces eaten off. The monkey jumps out at them. That's your stinger for the trailer. Okay. Cut all of this. Let's get some funding. We'll talk about some vaults. Don't worry. Yeah, all I can think about now is that MST3K line. Sorry to adapt it here, but like, yes, children's windows of perception are open for only a brief moment before they glimpse the horrors of the zoo. I think the kid was asking for it. Yeah. So this really had nothing to do with movies. Uh, I don't unfortunately. This is all I want to talk about for the rest of my life. It has nothing to do with movies. It's going to be a weekly reference from now until the end of the show. So might as well get it out there. Oh my goodness. Well, Are you still scrolling uh, on the Instagram too? No. Uh, <laughs> well... Let's get into our <laughs> let's get into our jerks. Oh, we'll of the get week. to that. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, oh, my stomach hurts. 
All right, who are, who are our jerks of the week? I, I guess I can go first. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Halloween, uh, I didn't really have much to do. I, I went out, and uh, my dad texted me, and I believe this text was at 9.03 p.m. He texted me, my brother, my sister, my brother's fiance. We're on a group chat. I don't know, closest thing to family I've had these days. And he says, I just got kicked out of the bar. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> what did he do? What did he say? What am I going to have to apologize for? Chris, this was this time? before or after you watched Braven? This was before I watched Braven, believe it or not. This is before I watched Braven. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, what am I? I I'm not going to have to drive to Poolsville. What am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to bail him out. What's going on here? And everyone's asking, like, what did you do? What is, what is it this time? And he says, well, the bar closed at 9 o'clock, so I had to leave. <laughs> He's so cool. God damn it. I almost want to have kids just so I have somebody that has to listen to my dad jokes until I croak. You have us. Isn't that enough? Yeah. No. Right, yeah. The listeners appreciate them. You guys theoretically could block me. My kids cannot block me. <laughs> no, that Actually, attitude. Turns out. <laughs> just t- take you to the adult haunted house and get rid of you. Yeah. <laughs> just like putting them in the cornfield like that episode of Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Yeah, it's just right in the back of that kitchen. Shut, shut it. <laughs> Should have given me that ice cream Sunday when I wanted it, Pa. Parker, who's your jerk of the week? Oh, right. <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week is a lot of people, but I will put the blame mostly on myself. Uh, we get off work; it's past midnight, so like nothing's open. I don't want McDonald's because I don't hate myself that much. We're like, all right, fuck it, let's go to Jack in the Box. Pull up to the drive-through, giant sign. Closed due to understaffed. Great, perfect. What's around here? <laughs> Fuck it, there's an IHOP nearby. They're open all night. We'll put in the order. We'll pull up. It'll be ready. We pull up. There's like six cop cars outside. For some reason. Because we live in the fucking safest, dumbest town. So clearly it's just everyone on calls. Like, oh, cool, something to do. So there's like six cop cars out there. Everyone's standing around. Some lady's getting patted down. Says the order's ready. I open the door, stand up, lean in and go, wouldn't it be funny if that was our cook? Walk inside. Hey, I'm here to pick up my order. No, no order. No, it says it's ready. No, I tried to call. There's no order. Nothing's nothing's coming out. And I walk to the car, hungry and sad, knowing that 100% the one cook that was staffed that night just got arrested in front of me. And I will no longer get my treats. Truly... You should have tried to bargain with the cops. They're, you know, usually amenable to those sorts of things. They don't have barter in Texas? How many flapjacks would it take? (laughs) Look, guys, I don't know what she did. I don't want her life story. I just... This panini looks delicious. I wanted to try it. Can she... 15 minutes is all I ask. Please don't let... Josh, if you listen to this, please don't post (laughs) Pawini. So, yeah, probably the worst night of her life, and then I just drove to the grocery store <laughs> so alex who's your jerk of the week uh i'm gonna save mine for my segment because it ties into one of my movies okay so, uh, understood that's which exists this one. week and are real oh hey i almost had nothing to watch this week i've been really busy with uh, a lot of bullshit work's been kind of kind of been crushing my balls so uh, i do have two to talk about uh maybe more i, I can extend it if necessary but probably not the first one is, Parker, I said I was watching Scream 4 uh, to get ready for Scream, the next one, oh, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, you didn't tell me that Scream 4 was the second best in the series. Correct. Yeah. It's surprisingly <laughs> competent and good. 
I think maybe that's because Wes Craven came back to direct it. Uh, it kind of... So you're watching it, and the movie has a lot of false starts. Uh, a lot of people call them fake-out starts. I prefer not to call them that. Uh, what it is, it's, it's almost making fun of Scream fans, in a way. or no, no, not Scream fans. Sorry, that's not fair. It's making fun of Scream imitators. And doing a really good job of it, because like most of the stuff that starts at the beginning of the movie kind of feels like like the scary movie sort of parody, where it's just like, oh, what if we call the stab movies? You got like three different parodies of that sort of person. It's like these are the people who make these kinds of movies. That's how stupid they are. Okay, we got the real scream going on right here, and uh, yeah, I have to admit it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was surprisingly well acted. I think the acting was a little bit better than the writing. But it seemed like everyone really tried hard on this one. Everyone was actually going for it. And uh, I don't know that I'd call it a good... Oh, it's certainly not a good movie. What am I doing? But it's definitely better than uh, Scream 2 and Scream 3. Although uh, there there are things that I do like about Scream 2 and Scream 3. I think we did an entire episode on uh, the first three movies. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know what? That was actually pretty good. A lot of fake outs at the end, too. It was Overall, it's a pretty decent for a slasher movie, which means it's very below average. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be pleasantly surprised by the list because most of the stuff on the list right now, I'm getting deep enough into it. I'm just like, oh no. Uh, but yeah, Scream Four, that's actually pretty good. I love that they stay committed to the bit and they're on stab seven in this movie. Yeah, it's incredibly good. <laughs> it really does work. Yeah, uh, that they start with the movie within the movie, <laughs> fake out like three different times in the first ten minutes. That's yeah. good stuff. Now, what I said about the scary movie series. Uh, I still think Scary Movie's an alright movie. I, In fact, I prefer one of their characters in Scary Movie to the one in Scream, Deputy Doofy. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about that yeah. shortly. <laughs> just because, just because of the scene, it's like, hey, smell my finger. Oh, that smells terrible. What is it? Where's that been? My ass! <laughs> <laughs> that and him in his underwear just holding the giant vacuum cleaner is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, on to the what? next one. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. Anyway, uh, I'm going to do that more than I do House of 1,000 Corpses. Stop. Uh, went ba- I went back to the list, but much like I did a couple weeks ago, I decided to go with something I've already seen on there, and I had an opportunity to see the original Psycho in theaters on Halloween night, because I don't have a lot of friends. So I went to go see that, and boy, that movie gets better every single time I see it. Now, I already like Psycho. This isn't like The Exorcist, where I didn't really like it very much before. I already liked Psycho when I had seen it. But this time, I went in knowing the twist. Actually, the first time I watched Psycho, I was somehow able to avoid knowing the twist, which is uh, a little surprising considering how old that movie is and how famous it is for its twist. Uh Alfred Hitchcock has always been one of my favorite directors. For a while, he was my all-time favorite. Then I discovered John Carpenter. I was like, oh, never mind. Uh, Hitchcock in this one is really showing just how much better he is than everyone else. Because the idea is, let me make a really cheap black and white movie, but I'm going to make it good. Because you people can't make a good movie. I'm just going to shove it in your face. And he does such a great job with it, but everyone's doing a a good job. Bernard Herrmann's score really deserves all the accolades that it gets. And not just the shower scene, everything in the movie works so well. It drives the plot, it makes it so much better. If it wasn't for that music, I don't think the movie's even, like, good. Uh, the acting really deserves a lot of credit. Janet Lee is wonderful. Uh, I think she's also lit a little bit better than everyone else, but obviously we all gotta talk about Anthony Perkins, who's doing so much better than the writing is allowing him. 
that being said, the writing's still good. It's based on a great source novel uh, by Robert Block, uh, one of my favorite writers. And Anthony Perkins takes this role and really elevates it to a place that I don't know if I've ever seen another actor in Hitchcock's canon do. But at the end of the day, it's still a Hitchcock movie. And that's a weird thing about his movies. It's like, you look at Vertigo, and that's not a Jimmy Stewart movie. That is a Hitchcock movie. And I think that's what his actors sort of realize when they sign up for his roles. Uh, if there's any criticism to be made of it, uh, I guess there's only two. And it's really more like one and a half. Uh the ending is like right after the reveal is like oh that's where the movie should have stopped and then you say what have god wrong and then cuts to the end credits you don't need you don't need the detective explaining what's going on that really sucks it's it's just uh the worst part of the whole thing because he explains step by step every single thing that happened it's like no 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 people aren't that stupid you don't need to bird dog it from and tell them this then this then this you know it just it's really unfortunate. Everyone in the audience is kind of scrolling like, oh no, I forgot about this part. And the other problem with it is, <clears throat> I kind of think Psycho 2 might actually be better. Psycho, I think Quentin Tarantino may be right. Psycho 2 might is. actually be a little bit better. Uh, Alex, have you seen Psycho 2 yet? No, I haven't. That might be in your future. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, well, Psycho uh, 2 is uh, one of those surprisingly good horror sequels. And one of the surprisingly good like sequels to a, an actual good horror movie. One of those ones where you look at it like, oh, that can't be any good. That's going to be fucking terrible. Psycho 2 is one of the ones where it surprises you. Like, wait a second. This works so much better than I was expecting. Quentin Tarantino firmly believes that Psycho 2 is better than Psycho. And I, when I heard that, I was like, no way. Come on. Look, I love Psycho. I I think it's neck and neck at this point. I, I think if I'm almost scared to rewatch Psycho 2 because it'll it'll kill some of my film beard cred, you know. Saying no, oh, never mind. <laughs> Psycho 2 is actually a lot better. I'll definitely say it's scarier. It's a lot scarier than Psycho 1. But Psycho 1, I think is it's kind of like what I said about The Exorcist. It's like forget about whether it's scary. It's just a really good narrative and it's really good storytelling, and I like it for that reason. I've seen Psycho 1 a couple times, and I also have the same experience where every time it gets to the end, I'm like. Oh god damn it! This scene's here. I forgot yeah, about this. Yeah, it sucks so bad. It's such a shitty note to end on. Yeah, it's such it's one note. of those things where yeah, well, I I, I guess you just it, have to take it. Assuming it wasn't his idea. Yeah, I might well, be just giving him credit for no reason, but there's yeah. no way he's like. And then we'll have a character you've never seen before explain all of it, <laughs> and then he'll smile and the movie's over. It's like he's just Columbo, you know? He's just telling everything that's going on there. <laughs> I did better think movie. that people, yeah, I, I think that people were laughing a little bit too much which is almost like yeah i guess it's 1960s maybe it's a little bit cheesy uh specifically the scene where anthony perkins comes in at the end wearing like the the hair and the dress and everything and making that Hello. face and just like okay yeah i guess it's a little bit cheesy maybe they should have just had like the silhouette right then pull back with the lighting and then you see it's his face in the hair right uh I, the other part where people laughed i have to admit i kind of laughed a little bit too is where the detective is explaining everything at the end is like he was a man, but he was wearing women's clothing. Now, why would that be? And one of the one of the other, I think it was like a police chief says, and his voice just makes way too loudly when he says it. He's a transvestite, and everyone, everyone <laughs> thinks he was just like. Uh, 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 uh. And the detective says, and he, again, he pulls like a full club. He's like, not quite. See, a transvestite dresses up in women's clothing for sexual satisfaction. 
he was doing it because he was mentally confused. Or British. Just, yeah, he goes on like, or or for comedy purposes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One more thing, Detective. For a planet called Transsexual Transylvania. Now, you see. Great. Wrap it up. Uh, it, it, I did think it was kind of weird, though, when Vera Miles, the sister of Janet Lee at the end, asks, and my sister, is she? We found her with a monkey huh. on her head. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be finding those bones anytime soon, sister. <laughs> Can we talk about, even to this day, how great the, rea- the reveal of the dead mother is? Oh, it looks dude. so good. It's <laughs> that so is one of the all time greatest reveals. And my favorite thing is how uh, is how Alfred Hitchcock tested it out. He got the the dummy going and he said, "Looks fine. Let's see what the audience would think." And he takes this fucking dummy, and this is a horrifying looking dummy. I, Alex, I don't know how recently you've seen this, but it's been a long it looks time. a lot. It looks a lot scarier than you remember. I'm dead serious. And he takes it and he secretly puts it in Janet Lee's dressing room. <laughs> and he heard her scream and he was just like, it's good enough. <laughs> One of the funnier to- tales of him with the women <laughs> yeah. on set. <laughs> he was... <laughs> I have to admit, you know, I, I try to do the thing where I separate the art from the artist. And I'm really good at doing that. Like mentally just saying like, okay, it's it's like a different thing. You but... are a big Mel Gibson fan after all. Yeah. The, the correct. <laughs> correct. That is true. And uh, Alex isn't so bad at it too. With Tom Cruise. I, I, but... <laughs> I literally had like a five minute discussion with somebody on Saturday about how if Big Ben were on the Ravens, I would be full-throatedly rooting for him this whole time. So right, yeah, trust yeah. me, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I have to admit that after hearing the stories of Alfred, of Alfred Hitchcock, yeah, it did factor into my decision as to why he's no longer my favorite. The way that he treated women is kind of fucking gross. So, I, I don't know. I, I never hear the stories about John Carpenter. I hear stories, but they're all just him wanting to play Xbox. And they yeah. Hate yeah. <laughs> the best fucking stories. Love him. All right, Alex, uh, what did you watch? All right, got a couple here. I decided to, uh, you know, start doing some of my homework, you know. Getting to the halfway point of the season. Can't let this pile up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, for starters, I, uh, I was assigned two, not one, but two Gerard Butler movies. And, uh, yes. Ooh, boy. <laughs> for me, that, that, it's getting to be slim pickings. Like, I was thinking, I was like, have I seen The Phantom of the Opera with him in it? Which I think I haven't, so that might be the second one. I was like, there's this movie that I guess is a gladiator ripoff with him in it that I started and like two minutes in I was like nah fuck this <laughs> and I'm like oh you know what I never did see Rock and Rolla I guess this is the time for this Oh my goodness. here we go alright what's Rock and Rolla about so uh Rock and Rolla who made Rock and Rolla oh I <laughs> I'm pretty sure he could guess but <laughs> within like 30 seconds of me talking about it but uh Fair no this is a uh, movie that came out in 2008 directed by and written by guy Ritchie, so oh. yes sir yeah. oh. so uh it's funny because like in my brain like again i'd never seen this um in my brain i was like okay so you have like the quote-unquote guy Ritchie like filmography you know the stuff like snatch and Lockstock and all those movies and then like all of a sudden he's just like doing sherlock holmes and all this weird shit i was like well what happened in the middle that caused that and i guess well uh this movie happened so so here's the thing like Guy Ritchie's movies, you know, like a a true like capital G Guy Ritchie movie. You know, it's it's seedy underworld shit and a bunch of scene transitions and snappy dialogue and like everyone's probably British because like they can't help themselves. Um, 
and like it's there there's a reason that people like jason statham always thrive in those type of movies because like jason statham doesn't need a character he's just gonna do his jason statham thing and that's cool yeah he looks like he's from that world exactly and so like this movie has like a star-studded cast um so it's it's gerard butler idris elba tom hardy um ludicrous i don't know why i mentioned ludicrous fourth he's in it for like two scenes but uh um a lot of people you've heard of the the guy that you always say is from Pornhub. He's in there. Um, uh, Mark Strong, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep that. Like this movie has like all of the Guy Ritchie movie DNA, but like it's kind of not funny and not that interesting. And like I will like I will still go to the mat for Lockstock. Like I know it's like passé to think that Lockstock is a good movie in 2021, but like I still I think like that's that movie. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Like yeah. that that's I mean, I feel like it's becoming a dad movie, which great. Like let's let's get the dads some better cinema. But uh man, I was just kind of bored by this. I felt like Gerard Butler doesn't have the same acting energy that uh somebody like jason statham does i feel like gerard butler needs a part i can't just see gerard butler and go ah yeah that's that cool guy that uh doesn't need any character development whatsoever he's just gonna riff like yeah not so much i wasn't feeling this one which i uh i'm glad i saw it I'm glad i com- i completed this missing piece in the middle of the uh guy Ritchie continuum because uh you know I'm Before sure it turns into point. the Guy Ritchie space. <laughs> I, like, I... I, <laughs> I will give Guy Ritchie credit, because uh, those Sherlock Holmes movies are my go-to when I need to sleep on a plane. Because every flight has those movies on them. And, uh... Every time. Every time I put them on, I'm out in, like, 20 minutes. I have no idea what happens, but I know that I've started that first Sherlock Holmes movie, like, six different flights. Like, it's... it's It works flawlessly. But, uh... My dad loves those movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> it's one of those things that like every time i put it on it's like there's got to be something here with like these people in it and like this setting like there's got to be something here and then I, after like 15 minutes i'm like nope i was wrong good night i uh <laughs> yeah uh so rock and roller not a movie you need to watch um I, I think that, like, if you like Guy Ritchie movies, you'll like this, but also, like, I would rather just watch, like, Revolver or something. Like, if we're if we're not doing, like, the, the good Guy Ritchie movies, like, I think Revolver's a lot more fun than that, than this. But, uh, yeah, you can do worse. So, uh, cross one off my assignment list. And, uh, while we're on the subject of assignments, also thanks to, uh, pretty sure it was my good friend Parker that did this to me, but, uh, I also had to watch a Ken Jong movie. Now, uh, the thing I with don't Ken Jong making that space, I'm not that mean. I I'm nearly positive you made the Ken Jong space. There's no but, uh, way of knowing. Yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah, who whom's is to say? But um, you know, it's a hard one because almost all of his roles are like cameo shit. Because like, how much Ken Jong can you really have in a movie? Like, do you want your audience to shoot themselves in the face? And so uh, I had to I had to dig a little bit, you know. I poked around. I wanted to find something that he had like a prominent role in, because you know I would not want to displease the Manicor or whoever else caused this. You know, again, who knows these things? Who knows what it could have been? But um, I found a movie <laughs> called Furry Vengeance, oh, starring fuck, I know what that is. Starring Brendan Fraser. Uh, this is a movie that came out in 2010. That has a 7% on IMDb. Is that good? In which Ken Jong is the bad guy. 
you know, a role that very much suits him. So, uh, Chris, Chris, I want to put you uh, in the mindset of how this movie starts out. Because I'm okay. watching this knowing nothing more than it sucks and Ken Jong is third build. Okay? Uh-huh. Uh, that's like, I, it's like I fulfilled my criteria. So the movie starts. We see a guy driving through the woods in a sports car, just like yelling like a douchebag. We zoom in. It's Rob Riggle. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the the forest animals are mad at Rob Riggle. So they, uh, they spring a, uh, they spring like a Rube Goldberg trap in the middle that like puts his, uh, his car like dangling off a cliff and then some animals come and make fun of him. And one of them tosses a lit cigar to him and the car falls off the cliff, (laughs) which, uh, again, we're 45 seconds into this movie. And when I say animals, uh, so probably a good time to talk about the plot, uh, Brendan Fraser is, like, a middleman for, like, a real estate company that's owned by Ken Jong, and they've sent him to this area to, like, develop this, like, wooded area into this, like, big suburban, you know, huge development, lots of, you know, kicking the, the old wildlife out and all that stuff. But, like, the company's branded as, like, oh, no, we're eco-friendly, like, we don't do things like that. Obviously, it's a front because Ken Jong is evil, and anyway, um... So there are the whole like conflict in the first half of this movie is the animals being fucking pissed that they're going to get kicked out for this human stuff. So it's just an hour of animals torturing Brendan Fraser. And when do I say the animals, animals talk, they do not. However, they are like those like weird Marmaduke CGI animals that like like they they have like they have, like, mannerisms and, like, faces, oh, but, like, they're also, it's just, like, a raccoon puppet that's, like, hopping around and shit, and, oh, like, they squeal and stuff, they make animal noises, and also they occasionally have thought bubbles, and the thought bubbles are, like, you know, like, one of them has a thought, and it's, like, Brendan Fraser's face, and then he, like, turns into the devil, and then they're, like, Eee-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-
Zero stars. This was miserable. <laughs> now, I would like to uh, I'd like to call your attention to the Wikipedia article for Furry Vengeance, and specifically the subsection titled Release and Critical Response. This is perhaps the longest paragraph or series of paragraphs about a movie's critical response that I have ever seen. I think it's longer than the critical response subsection for Titanic. Uh, specifically, I'd like to call your attention to the picture that they use for this, which is a big picture of M. Night Shyamalan, who has this big, wide, toothy grin. And the caption for this picture is, Furry Vengeance had the lowest critical rating for a 2010 film until taken over by M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender, which got a 6%. God bless, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it deserved it. Yeah, you, uh, people uh, people viewed furry vengeance through the lens of daddy daycare and over the hedge. That is accurate points of comparison, and like it sucks because you know this movie is just chock full of unfunny people that are just in there because I guess you have to get every unfunny person for a kids comedy like this. But also like Patrice O'Neill is there, but he has like two lines. He's just standing around in the background most of the time. It's like, what the fuck are we doing, guys? <laughs> you actually have a funny person on set, and we're just doing this Ken Jong shrieking at somebody on the phone thing. Like, okay, oh, whatever. He ended up. Eh, it's, anyway. it's fine. <laughs> I, Wasn't this like the last big movie he was in? Didn't this just end the man's career until it really ended for reals? Because I feel like this came out right at the tail end after all the mummies and all that. And I think it was like, yeah, died a death. And then he yeah. was just gone from leading roles forever. Yeah. And you know what? Like not his fault. There's nothing to work with here. Oh, There's no. literally nothing to work with here, but also like maybe have your agent turn this one down. Like, and, uh, allow me to, uh, <laughs> allow me one last note on this movie, which is, um, the, uh, the scene that plays during the credits. Uh, so it is the characters in the movie uh, playing a bunch of, like, famous roles from, like, music videos and, like, movie stuff. Like, the, the fucking kid does, like, the risky business slide. Like, uh, uh, Brendan Fraser's wife, who is, of course, Brooke Shields for some reason, is dressed up like Britney Spears in the Baby One More Time video. Oh. And every single time it cuts in between them, it takes, like, one of the words in the title of it and stamps furry over the top, and then CGI animals come out. Oh. And also, while all this is going on, there is, like, an almost quite Alvin and the Chipmunks level, but not quite that high-pitched voice doing Insane in the Membrane. It is one of the most painful credit sequences I have ever sat through in my life. And Chris, I see your face lighting up, and uh, have fun, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure Dude, you're going to watch this now. No, i got to find a way to get Josh to watch this. Is there an N64 anywhere in this movie? Uh, no, there is a Nintendo Wii. That is... Uh, we have uh, there, there's literally a scene where the, the kid is complaining to Brendan Fraser about how much he hates living there, and then he goes, "Yeah, but we make a lot of money here." And also, look, I got you guys a Wii, and then the kid goes, "Ah!" like Charlie Brown and walks away. Like it's <laughs> the input lag is atrocious for competitive play. Um, so, uh, <laughs> long story short, you don't need to watch Furry Vengeance in case anyone was curious about this children's movie for nobody. Um. And uh, <laughs> speaking of movies that are for nobody, so Chris, as you remember, earlier in the year we did an episode on Army of the Dead. 
Oh, I forgot. Dude, you did not. You did not. Yes, sir. Hit us with... Somebody had to. <laughs> okay? Oh, boy. So, so let's, let's briefly discuss... Our good friend Dieter the Safe Crackers, one hundred and one hundred and twenty nine minute origin story movie. Now, when I say origin story, this is literally just a prequel movie about Dieter the Safe Cracker that goes for one hundred and twenty nine minutes. So, <laughs> buckle in. <laughs> Because I have some Why things him? to say about this one. Because <laughs> he directed it. He did. Oh my, yeah. Oh my god, he did? He yeah. sure did, buddy. Now, uh, just uh, to put you in the right headspace for like how this movie's general demeanor is, uh, while I was watching it, um, my my subtitles were like half a second ahead of what was happening. So you know, like when that happens, sometimes you catch yourself peeking. You know, you can't yeah, help it. Yeah, like, yeah. like you just want to look at what's coming. And the amount of times on the bottom of my screen before I heard it that I saw parentheses German shit 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 at least four. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> okay. First things first. Let me just start off like this. I don't know what genre this movie is. I actually am not sure, because, like, it's kind of trying to be a comedy, but also there's, like, serious parts to it. Like, there's character development shit, but, like, also, like, I feel like it's just making fun of Fast Five for, like, 20 minutes. Like, I I don't know who this is for. There are a lot of jokes. Most of them aren't funny, as you can expect. Um, unless you, like, really enjoy watching this dorky German dude just, like, interact with regular human beings. Um... So, uh, the backstory for this movie. So, as you remember, Chris and Parker, in, uh, in Army of the Dead, they have to go find Dieter the Safecracker so he can open the Goddardamerung, the hardest safe ever built for whatever reason. I bet you're wondering, I bet you're wondering why, why it's called that. You know, why, why the safe is, like, so legendary. Can I do my well, Zack Snyder impression? Because uh, it's cool. Well, great news. This movie starts with a lore dump about God. this safe maker. And this safe maker didn't just make one safe. He made four safes, all of which are said to be uncrackable and harder than the last, and all named after Wagner operas. And also, the safe cracker, or the, 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 the safe maker, once he'd completed his magnum opus, the God or Damerung, made a different safe and locked himself in it and died. So, uh... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Imagine Zendaya explaining all this with that fucking music player. So uh that's uh that's how you're imagining this being explained. Let me tell you how it's actually explained. Oh yeah. You see our good friend Dieter the Safe Cracker is a YouTube vlogger about <laughs> fucking safes. <laughs> and this whole and he's thing. just like saying all this? Like he's a fucking just... guy from Godzilla vs. Kong, he's like so, QAnon on but of safes? Yeah. Yes. Literally yes. He's what saved YouTube, you. YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally <laughs> says, like, coming. please click the subscribe button. Like, in oh. the first fight. Dude. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, so, uh, I guess because of this, you know, he, we see him at, like, his shitty job getting yelled at by people in German, which I guess is funny because, you know, they're speaking not English. That's, that's, that's a good bit. But, uh, um, <laughs> he gets a mysterious invitation to an underground safe cracking competition. 
Like, you know, like, when, okay, like so you got served, but for safe cracking. Do you, so, like, <laughs> it reminded me. I, <laughs> well, I was going to bring up, uh, you remember in uh, in Cradle to the Grave when Jet Li is investigating that underground fighting ring and, like, he has to go to that club and, like, uh, he has, like, the fight in the steel cage and, like, all the people are, like, try, like passing cash yeah. around trying to bet. Yeah. Now, yeah. imagine that, except it's just a bunch of people cracking safes. Like, it's just a bunch of people with stethoscope go. Yeah, 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 literally. And there's a timer, and, like, all of them have nicknames. Like, oh like the uh, the the second best safecracker there, after Pickle Dieter, of course, is uh, um, a guy called Neo, who uh, gets extremely mad and tries to kill Dieter after he wins the safecracking competition that has basically no stakes. Um, so anyway, a- as part of this, um, Natalie Emmanuel recruits Dieter to crack the other three safes because they need to be cracked in the next 72 hours because, and I quote, because of the zombie outbreak, they're going to be taking all three of them out of commission. Now, you do with that information what you will. But also, this movie is not just about his life before the zombie outbreak. The zombie outbreak literally happens during this movie. The zombies are not involved with the plot. However, he sees the events in Vegas happening on the news and has dreams about zombies. Oh my god. I think Chris, I could have seen that one coming. <laughs> I didn't. I thought it's a prequel. There's not going to be zombies here. But, uh, you know, I almost, like, like, we find out that the zombie apocalypse is happening, like, I don't know, 40 minutes into this movie, and uh, he has yet to crack his first safe, and it's like, you know what, alright, cool, they're leading into this, like, it's like, they're gonna, it's gonna be like a true prequel, you know, it's gonna, sorry, that was a really awkwardly <laughs> tied burped, but, uh, um, you know, oh, it's gonna be like a true prequel, but, uh, so, uh, Chris, you wanna know why, uh, you wanna know why he has to break the, uh, the three safes in this movie? Because they're taking him out of commission for the Zombie. Yeah, but, but like, why, why, why these safes? Because the pyramid music on. Just be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I give up. Why is it? I don't know either. Great question. Oh, uh, uh, so you could have you could have gone with the easy answer, you know, because they want the money inside. However, <clears throat> each time they crack one, they barely steal any of the money because it's about the journey or something. Because I guess this group of random fucking people really cares about the safes. I, like, literally, I'm not exaggerating. I do not know why any of the events of this movie are happening. I have... Soul skaters, but for safe crap. Absolutely no fucking clue why this is happening. Like... <sighs> They, they clearly want this to be something. I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. Now, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I had to put off my jerk of the week until my segment. Now, uh, try, listen to what I'm about to tell you and try not to have your blood boil. Because uh, this is one of the things that I've seen in a movie in the past few years or whatever that bothered me the most. Uh, so you guys know, like, I'm somebody that, like, when I watch movies, I pay a lot of attention to detail. And I'm not, like, you know normally annoying about it or it's like hey that doesn't make sense or like hey why is that happening but like i'm observant i can't help it i'm just like watching the things that are going on and when weird shit happens i'm like often gonna be like hey that was weird so anyway uh dieter is at a party with his criminal compatriots and they're playing beer pong okay so it's dieter's turn and uh, he sinks a shot, and, you know, he's celebrating whatever. He's like, oh, I made the shot, I made the shot. And then the other team shoots and sinks his last cup, and they're like, we win now. 
Now, explain to me what fucking game of beer pong you've ever played where it's not make it, take it. I paused the movie. I was so upset. <laughs> beer pong is like universal. That is like one of the most understood games in this country, like ever. You could pick up like anybody between the ages of like sixteen and sixty, and they could tell you how beer pong works. Like, was it even if you it, haven't? Was it German beer pong? No, no, oh. no one in this movie is German <laughs> except for our good friend Dieter the Safecracker. Who also has a different name this whole movie, and uh, I don't even remember what it is. But uh, oh, Dieter's just an alias. D- D- no, well, it's an alias, yeah, because uh, he tells some story during one of the many character development scenes about uh, about how he made up these like comic books where about a safecracker named Ludwig Dieter, and uh, it turns out you know he has a crush on Natalie Emmanuel because of course he does. But the Chad in the group is like, no, he's my girlfriend, blah blah blah, blah. and then at the end she gives herself up so he can get away because he's not a real criminal because of course there's a there's a fake the rock from fast five who's like an interpol agent that's trying to stop them for who fucking knows why however i did enjoy this character because his voice sounds exactly like nandor the relentless um (laughs) to the point that i actually looked it up to make sure it wasn't the same guy but um yeah this is just uh this is a movie about nothing unless you're really into safe cracking lore (laughs) there's nothing here I do not know who financed this, why they financed it, why this needed to Thank exist. Because like, if you'd say, like, no, it's pretty funny, we'd been doing that instead. <laughs> right. To the other Alex, I apologize in advance for uh, making <laughs> <laughs> You're in, aren't you? If any part of what I said just appealed to you, I mean, have fun with your two hours. I can't tell you how to spend it. If you're any human being that thinks, like, you want to learn more about the story of uh, the Goddardamerung, or, uh, you know, how our good friend Dieter ended up in the United States, or any of that. Well, great news. Like, the last, like, five minutes of this movie are just scenes from Army of the Dead. So, uh, there's your tie-in, I guess. Great. Um, New type of guy just dropped. Guy who watches Army of Thieves, but didn't watch Army of the Dead. He's just really into lockpicking. <laughs> <laughs> He there's watches like, it, it's just like, oh, that's going to be me one day. Like, there's all this fucking safe lore. It's like, you know, oh, these are like the most impenetrable safes ever. And also, at one point, they say, uh, if you fuck up twice, the contents of the safe are destroyed. Which makes it seem like a, not a very good safe. Because, uh, y- yeah. you know, you would think someone would just go down there, spin the wheel a couple times, and then all your shit's gone. <laughs> like, got him. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's literally, there's a fucking switcheroo with the safes in this movie. Where they get the safe moved, which, like, I don't understand how you move a safe. I don't understand how you decommission a safe. I don't understand why any of the events of this movie are happening at all whatsoever. But, uh, (laughs) I look forward to hearing about it from both of you. (laughs) No, no, please. (laughs) How do my teams do? Uh, well, not as bad as mine. So, <laughs> thank God we live another week without Dieter. Yeah, burn it. So many shizes, dude. Oh my God, so many <laughs> fucking shizes. <laughs> Just like you'd think, you know, it wouldn't be as funny to someone who's actually German. Like he's writing all of his own lines here. <laughs> he's, he's the, the one that's choosing to be like what yeah. they want. 
Anyway, uh, Parker, tell us about what you watch, because I cannot possibly talk about... I mean, I can, but I'm not... I'm sorry, it's just like, that's. it feels like an American going over to Japan making a movie about himself, and he's like, I'm a cowboy! Get along, little doggies! Get a dog, little longies! The whole time. <laughs> yeah, Japan would eat that shit up, so now I get they it. Would. Oh, yeah, see? I'm gonna rebrand. <laughs> get it. Another 10-gallon hat and head down there. <laughs> Another? <laughs> okay, this is my so stunt before, <laughs> before I hit on some new stuff, it's the time of year where I get up on my soapbox and talk about how good Scream is and how good the opening scene is. Because it's become a yearly watch for me, and I fucking love Scream with all of my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. I recognize that a lot of it is incredibly not good, and the script gets worse the older I get. But also, I will treasure it my whole life, just because it came out when I was such an impressionable age. Um, uh, but also, it's hard to not think about Deputy Dewey in Scary Movie. <laughs> Deputy Doofy in Scary Movie. Excuse me. It is intrusive. Christian name. Every time he's on screen, it's the only thing I can think about. It's him shoving his finger up his ass, which really, <laughs> really hurts the movie. But uh, we did an episode on this like way back in the day, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we either did one, two, and three on, on one episode, or we did one, and then we did two and three on uh, I know we did three, because I was like, yeah, we should yeah. do three, and uh, yeah, Chris was not three. happy with me. But uh, other than <laughs> that, I, I don't remember doing two. I'm pretty sure we did. Well, I, I, we probably, I, yeah. You probably just watched uh, it before three. Because no! Get on to the rest <laughs> of the <them. laughs> I don't really have much else to say if we did a whole episode on it. Uh, still good, as it turns out. Wes Craven, pretty good at movies. Dot dot dot. Sometimes. <laughs> now, Alex. Now, what if there was a house, but it was deep? And the monkey. Uh, <laughs> you watched it already. I watched it, but right before we started, dude. <laughs> oh, so gotta keep it fresh. Fucking sucks. Yeah. But also, it's pretty good. I mean, you have to for the premise. You have to. I like, had... you literally have to. So you had mentioned it, right? And I was like, oh, we should watch it. Oh, I should watch it at some point. And then we're trying to pick something to watch after Scream's over. She's like, oh, I saw this movie on TikTok. It's The Deep House. And I just froze like, no. Surely <laughs> it's not the same movie. Uh, can you actually... please, can please tell us the plot of The Deep House? Well, so my good friend uh, Alex told us last week, what if you went to an underwater house, but it was haunted? <laughs> Here's the problem with... I mean, it's a cool premise. Like I said, you have to watch it. Yeah. But you know what you can't do underwater is move quickly. Yep. Which takes a lot of tension out of the scene. (laughs) You just end up with a lot of floating around going, oh my god. Oh my god, what is that? Because of course it's all POV found footage style. So it's a lot of just bubbles in your face and swimming going, what is that? Oh my god, did you see that? Not did you hear that. You're not going to have any spooky door slamming because you're underwater. So you're just floating along trying to unravel a mystery. And like every good found footage movie, you go, Wait, that's the twist? That's... Oh, I guess it's over. (laughs) (laughs) A a recurring theme of like, Well, that's pretty dumb. Oh shit, the credits are running. Well, I guess they ran out of time. Yeah. It is incredibly stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Absolute dog shit. I too am a sucker for these kinds of movies, but my god. Like, the action would pick up and be super intense, but you cannot see a thing. Because not only do you get the shaky cam that you always get, but you get the flailing around and bubbles flying at the camera. So, there's one point 
couldn't tell like did she get stabbed did that hook go in her is that blood or is it just water because there's a red light is she okay she seems fine now so i guess she was okay yeah, yeah. i guess the <laughs> I ghost was also did it. confused I don't yeah know. it is incredibly bad but as soon as this lands on shutter or netflix or something i expect many reports from normies like you see this stupid fucking movie and i'll smile and <laughs> nod. of yep. course i did Let us discuss a seasonal films production. Oh, hell yes. American Shaolin. Yes. Alex, have you seen this one yet? Nope. Me neither. Waiting for you, buddy. The first and last scenes are incredible. The middle, it's a real, uh, your mileage may vary, because the middle of the movie is just, all right, now it's the Karate Kid, which, you know, you can take it or leave it. But the beginning of the movie... So we start off meeting the bad guy of the movie, who is a white karate guy who looks about 30, the sickest, poofiest ponytail you've ever seen. <laughs> Just a dude shirtless, weighs like a buck 50 soaking wet, doing spin kicks, just beating the dog shit out of his sparring partners, right? Just really wailing on him. Hair tied back. It, it looks obscene. Like, just let it drop down. It looks fucking terrible. We get to... The tournament. We fa- he faces off against our main character, who looks like fifteen. It's clearly a mismatch. Uh, they go full style over realism here, as we have repeated zoom ins on their faces over and over and over with lightning effects, like there's a storm going on, and then there's a thunderclap, <laughs> and they just fight in a dimly lit arena instead of the high school gym they were just filming in. <laughs> <laughs> They're going back and forth, back and forth, and he grabs the kid's black belt, rips it off to pants him, and then just kicks him in the face to the sound of a thunderclap. Everything goes back to normal, and the entire crowd stands up and points and laughs at the kid. Everyone, except for a wise old Japanese karate master. You might be asking yourself, hey, isn't pantsing your opponent a DQ? No. The kid has to go get his honor back by restoring his honor and training at the Shaolin Temple to become a monk. And thus enters the next hour of this movie, which is just him at a monastery that's basically a boot camp. And all of the monks hate his stupid fucking American guts. Alex, are you also... Alex, I'm sorry. Alex, are you also picturing the wise old Japanese man as the guy from fucking... Uh, God, Jackie it? Chan Kill Adventures. Bill. Yes. No, 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 no. no. Kill Might Bill. Well he's, it's Kill Bill. And he's doing the thing. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I can remember that. Enough. As soon as his no. pants come down, mm. one more thing. <laughs> Sensei is not pleased. <laughs> there it is. Let me let me paint it to you this way. Uh, to gain acceptance, he sits outside the temple like for days until they let him in. Now imagine that scene, but he's wearing a New York Giant shirt. <laughs> That's who this character is. He's just some shitty kid from New York who doesn't take anything seriously. But eventually, you know, they learn togetherness and learn to not, you know, use karate for bad and then learn to just use it for self defense and they grow as people. And then he comes back to America and beats the shit out of the guy in the tournament. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's a pretty good fight. It looks real good. Alright. Like, uh, it's surreal. Your mileage may vary. The middle did not do much for me. Granted, I've had a stressful week, so I was not in the best headspace, but was also falling deathly behind on assignments because of my moving situation. So, uh, 
even if you just watch the beginning and end, everything with the bad guy who is really just cranked up to 11, absolute strong recommend on those. If you start getting bored, just skip to the end. It's worth it. Spoilers, uh, he becomes a monk and then learns karate. If you don't want to watch that. <laughs> um, let's see, did I have something else? I did not. I did not have a lot of free time. So let us talk about our good friend, Joseph Braven. <laughs> I feel like, why is this called Braven? And then realizing it's his name. Just see that's the thing that gets me about this. I actually want to talk about that. It's like I thought I going into this, I thought that Braven was like some Native American cryptid. I didn't know that the guy's name was Joe Braven. Dude, it's if so they true. if there were a movie about a Native American cryptid that Parker and I had both seen and liked, it would have been an episode in like twenty nineteen. Absolutely also true. Yeah. Well, uh, this has other people in it. It has Stephen Lang, who is in Don't Breathe, a movie that Parker and I like quite a bit. And I uh, almost watched a Don't Breathe too because of that, and I was like, I still haven't I'm seen busy. it. I need to get. I'm on busy. This. I don't yeah. even watch this right now. Yeah, and also has a man going by the name of. I had to write this down. Get. I can't believe that this is a real thing. Garrett Dillahunt. This sounds oh, like. Yeah. A, this sounds like a character name from a movie that we'd watch. This sounds like a character that Benedict Bumpernauts would play. Yeah. This sounds like yeah. Jason Momoa. No, Chris, say it. Garrett Dillahunt is in this movie. Um. I can tell some you stuff. We, we've seen I, multiple Garrett Dillahunt movies on this podcast. Oh my I God, know his name, but I forgot to look him up until. Don't be surprised if he's in Cold Pursuit. He just hangs out in the snow. All right. Well, I will say this about uh, Jason Mimosa. It's nice to see him like look and act kind of natural. Like he kind of feels like he belongs in this movie. And in other movies that I've seen him in, it's always like, oh no, he's in this. It he fucking owns that like everything he's in is good except for Aquaman. But yet that's the one that we think about the most. <laughs> but also Justice League. I just want you to know I, I looked up Garrett Dillahunt. His most recent credit is Army of the Dead, and I just locked my phone. Uh, yeah, I yeah. cannot do this to myself. Great. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know who can uh, can unlock your phone for you, Parker? <laughs> my good friend Dieter. Scheiße. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the code wrong twice, it wipes all of my pornography. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he had, he's a logger up in Canada, and he's got a little friend that he works with, and uh, he goes back home to his family. His family consists of his lovely wife, his young daughter, and his father, played by Stephen Lang. Now, I want to say something about the daughter. I like her in this movie. She's, she's, she's good, you know, does a good enough job. She's too old for bedtime stories, okay? I don't know, because everyone has that scene in that movie. And you know, unfortunately, I say like every movie has this scene, but all I can think of is Money Plane has this scene. That's yeah, that's rough. Yeah, so like, it I'd does have that scene though. I'd be yeah, but, if Jason yeah. Momoa tucked me in. I'll be honest with you. Oh my, he gets all up in her business though. She even says, I, "Don't do that again." And I'm like, oh, so really. here, here's my counterpoint to that, Chris. They live yeah. in Canada. What the fuck else are they gonna do? That's a good like, point. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Also, fall asleep to the radio? They haven't invented that yet. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to, you know, to be fair, maybe I'm not trying to, like, go too far with that sort of stuff, but it getting a little too close for her there. And he is Jason Momoa, all right? You know? He could kill her with his bicep. <laughs> <laughs> with the old Superman thing. Like, yeah, like, he's, like, snuggling. Her back out. <laughs> he, he's, like, he's, like, giving her, he's, like, blowing raspberries on her cheek or something like that. It's, like, you could actually, like, blow a hole in her cheek there. <laughs> Like Gia did to the pole assassin. So. <laughs> Jason Momoa communicate through high five. He's vaccinated. 
Anyway, so uh, Pops, again, Stephen Lang, big fan, uh, pretty clearly has Alzheimer's or some sort of brain uh, problem because he fell, uh, by his words, 40 feet. And, Out of the uh, helicopter. Yeah. The, yeah not just 40 feet, but... Uh, yeah. What broke his fall? Was it like a car or something like that? You could, also, like, you couldn't show us that? Yeah, that's Come my on. first thing. It's just like, really? We're going to tell, not show? I thought this was a visual medium. I, I understand this is, like, not a high-budget <laughs> movie, but also, like, just throw a dummy out of a helicopter. I'm going to clap like a fucking seal. Yeah, it's anyway, a real he, Bill Brasky story. Yeah. You know, since I fell forty miles out of that helicopter, I don't remember so good. Like, what the fuck are you talking? <laughs> if about? only you were there to help me, Jason. Sorry, <laughs> Joe. Raven. Joe so Raven. he, so he goes. So everyone's going to sleep. He's like, oh, I like putting my kid to sleep. Huh? Where's pops? And he goes out to a bar and goes to someone he's never met in his life and squeezes her shoulder, gets her ear, and says. Have you been a good little boy for Christmas? Oh my God, dude. Holy Jesus. Oh, that made something you jumped in. Dude, so, like, I this is... <laughs> I have a big fucking asterisk in my notes next to this scene. Because, uh... Apparently everybody in the town knows that he is like starting to develop dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. But also the guys at the bar kick the shit out of him. <laughs> like what the fuck? Hey man, hey, get man, away from my let's girl. Let's just get out of here. Oh, hey, one more time. Fuck you, piece of fucking shit. <laughs> just beat the dog shit out of this old man. This man has been having like unprotected Oklahoma drills against Richie Incognito. They're just like, yeah, stop his guts out. <laughs> So Jason Mimosa has got to go over there. <laughs> he's got he's to break up the fight, uh, which he does expertly. I, I think maybe my biggest criticism of the movie somehow was the sound effects are really lousy. Like they, they're yeah. maybe not like they're not punchy enough, I guess, which is not really the word I want to use here. Could you imagine you live in just buttfuck nowhere? Uh, Stephen Lang, who looks like a fucking undead nightmare himself comes up, grabs your wife, like, we should get out of here. You trying to defend her honor, Jason Momoa does a running, <laughs> jumping kick into your chest. I think I'd rather live on the streets of San Francisco than, than live high chances. on the hog in Canada. I'd take my chances at the adult haunted house, dude. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, uh, we cut to a different scene. These are the antagonists. They're gangsters. Canadian gangsters. Uh, one of them is a guy who worked with Jason Momoa at the logging, co- sorry, Joe Braven at the logging company, and uh, he's partnered up with some guy with stringy hair. It looks like Grimer Wormtongue. Parker, was that Corey Feldman? Because like, that... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what it looks just like him. <laughs> Against who? That actor or Corey Feldman? Yes. Yes. So uh, they're they're stealing. Uh, they're like, okay, are you ready? You got the stuff. It takes like this um, this tarp off of something. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be underneath there, and it's a log. And the whole time I'm thinking, <laughs> is that counterfeit wood? Yeah. <laughs> they really bury the lead on. <laughs> the guy with the stringy hair is running a black market lumber operation. <laughs> It's funny because you actually can't take lumber across the border. So, like, as the first time I was watching this, like, in my brain, I'm like, oh, fuck, man, they're going to bring, like, weird termites into Canada. It's going to cause an (laughs) ecological disaster. It turns out, no, it's actually just secretly weed in there the entire time. And they have to open it with an axe. I guess they don't have chainsaws. Fucking fake logs full of heroin. Actually genius. 
Like, yeah. there's actually one of my, like, the, the, mind, the bad guy plot in this movie, fucking fantastic. Like, yeah. someone should do this if they're not already. This would work 100% of the time. Yeah, well, anyway, they crash their logging truck. Uh, <laughs> 100% of the time, as long as you don't flip your logging truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a... These guys in the Jolly Alley, man. Rough beat. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, like, that that guy who's driving it is just like, oh, I I don't want to get too far into this business. Oh, you'll never get big. I don't want to get big. I just want to be a runner. I just want to do my time. I just want to be regular size. I just want to transport this counterfeit wood across the... And I don't even know what they hit. I don't know. It could have been that bear from Bear. But it's just, they they crash, and they got to get the drugs out of there. And, uh... I, I gotta tell you, it's uh, this leads them to see the other bad guy, the head bad guy, who makes a ruckus at a diner, and they assemble their team of naughty men to recover the dope, which is, I, I guess, somehow ended up in the cabin of Jason Momoa. How did Time they out. get over there? Pause. Dude, I we that. need to talk about the bad guy leader's introduction scene, where he beats that dude to death with a napkin holder. Oh yeah, we yeah, cannot just... skip over that because I still don't know what the fuck happened in that scene. Well, I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to build up how like badass that guy is. Oh, don't fuck around with that normal looking guy. Uh, he's he's in a diner and he's talking to some guy across. I was like, oh, I don't know. I I'll have the stuff or something. I wasn't really paying attention, and I don't think whoever wrote this was paying attention either. And no one who was filling it was paying attention either. So that guy's giving like his all time best. <coughs> like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'll have the stuff. And it's just like, oh, he didn't get the stuff. He must be ruthless. And then he beats him with a napkin holder. It just seemed very, very generic. I got a lot of ballistic X versus Sever vibes from this. And then after he's done beating this guy's face into the table, uh, oh, by the way, uh, one of the waitresses tell him, you can't smoke that here. And neither one of them is smoking, from what I remember. So uh, <laughs> I don't really know. What the... Anyway, he stands up and he goes like this. So um, that yeah, is extreme, badass extreme. in Canada. Extreme, uh, extreme bad guy introduction. I really appreciated yes. it. That like we're not playing around with this character and his feelings and stuff. He's just yeah. murdering people with a napkin holder. That's, yeah, that's not what inflicted I mean. or doing it to get his daughter medicine or some right. shit. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, this kind of yeah. movie. Yeah, it's just like he is a bad guy. Why? You seen him beat him, that guy? Come on, he's bad. So anyway, the the bad guy team is assembled and they're going to lay siege to the Raven Cabin. And uh, as they're getting all the guns out of there, the guy with the string of hair, who again does look like Corey Feldman, is like, "Hey, man, give me a gun. I want to help out too. Mom says you have to let me play." And the guy responds to him, uh, "Raise your hand if you haven't fucked up in the past twenty-four hours." I'd just like to point out that no one in the scene raised their hand, so uh, maybe oh. none of them should have guns. Because <laughs> the first thing I would have done is. Oh, this guy right here. Yeah, actually, I'm doing a great job today. Everything's going great. Then they probably would have blown in my skull. Then I wouldn't have to live in Canada. That's so, true. Uh, it could be worse. It could always be worse. Yeah. So one of the things I actually really like about this, so I guess move the plot along here, is they lay siege to the Bundy Ra- uh, Momoa cabin. <laughs> and uh, he <laughs> he comes out with only half the drugs. They're like, okay, where's the other half? He's like, uh, inside. Uh, please don't kill me. They're like, can you just give us the other drugs? Because we're going to kill this guy. And he's like, oh, Jesus. And he tells Stephen, like, hey, they're going to kill all of us. He's like, oh, I know. I guess we have to kill them first. One of the things that I like about this is it becomes more than a home invasion. It does that, but also 
other stuff. And it's, it's great because it's it, what differs this movie from uh, home invasion movies is you get to go outside and go after them, uh, which I uh, quite liked. Is that Jason Momoa is just a guy. He's not like ex Navy SEAL or Marine or or anything like that, or space alien or King of Atlantis. He's just like half know, of some guy. Like a better movie. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a logger, and that's all that I need from him. And he just has the motivation that he wants to protect his family, and he wants to use whatever weapons he has at his disposal. And the filmmaker something that said, "That's all we need." Also, like worth pointing out, because uh, you know we kind of glossed over it for necessary reasons. But uh, the reason the drugs are in his cabin is because one of the guys that crashed the truck like stashed them there. But also, oh. like. The total amount of drugs that we're talking about is, like, two big duffel bags full, and I'm pretty sure those two dudes could have just carried them with them. Like, none Absolutely. of this needed to happen. We, we know that they could have, because at one point they do that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. The, It's, like, one of the fatal flaws of this plot, but also, if you're thinking about the plot of Braven, fuck you. You're not welcome on the show. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Stephen Lang uh, is, despite having dementia, he's pretty good with a sniper rifle, which... Uh, Deadly combination. Now that I say that God, out loud, because oh, they have the discussion, so... you have to have a conversation. Like, okay, so what do we do here? And then within a couple minutes, they're like, I guess we just fucking murder them all. Yeah. And when he just shoots him with that crossbow through the Dude. people. Okay, let's be clear. You that is guys. not a crossbow. That is Excuse a, me, a regular bow ass bow. bow. Okay. Excuse me. That is I actually correct. that is I, I, you know proud of myself. I typed crossbow and then I then I backspace. I was like, wait a second, it's not even close. I wrote bow and I was like, oh, I think I got this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I had it right the first time, but never trust myself. Dude. It's okay. So, like, this is, like, it's literally the fucking scene from The Happening where that kid gets his head blown off through the fucking door, <laughs> except Absolutely. with a bow. It's oh, so good. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I don't think that I've seen a movie with an actual regular-ass compound bow kill since Parker assigned me that fucking Sasquatch movie where the Hell fucking dude. Sasquatches all show up at the end with the bow and arrows. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I did actually like Stephen Lang really feels like a competent character. He's like a guy who's still hanging on to perhaps the last of his sanity here, it, which is a good way to kind of make it feel like that scene at the beginning isn't completely wasted. It's not just there to build empathy for the character. It's something that you know, pervades throughout the rest of the movie. It's like, okay, I may not remember everything, but I remember this. And I think it plays well for his character. I, For some reason, I like Stephen Lang more than I like Jason Momoa in this one. Uh, one of my favorite scenes here is Stephen Lang saying, I got a sniper right over there. I want to shoot him. And those words were enough to tell you everything that you need to know about the scene. You don't need to be coy about it or anything. It's just like, this scene is about to start. Jason Momoa has to put some stuff into a bag, and this is about to get real. So, I, I like that. I, I like the idea of him holding up there, just like, oh, jeez, that old guy in that cabin is going to fuck our shit up. So, Jason Momoa breaks out of there on an ATV in the snow with a with a duffel bag full of uh, heroin. <laughs> just goes, <laughs> through the snow, and it's I, I really like that scene. <laughs> I love how quickly it turns on a dime to, like, Oh man, they're here. What should we do? And then just the rest of the movie is all right. We got to pick these motherfuckers off. Let's go. Yeah, onto the ATV. Let's get their guns. So he he uh, fights a guy next to the ATV. Then like I guess uh, hooks uh, what a steel cable to the guy's like pant leg or something. Then hooks that onto the ATV and drives the ATV off a cliff to get rid of the guy. Incredible <laughs> scene, dude. What a great God. scene. I, yeah, like, I like, really like that. 
So I for context here, like the the uh, the action movie part of this movie starts at what roughly the forty five minute mark. It's a ninety like minute that, movie, yeah. and like the first forty five is like here's our characters, here's their story, here's the bad guy, here's mm-hmm. why everyone's here. And then the rest is just like fucking balls to the wall, and like I want I want the listeners to understand that like this is a movie where every cool every kill is as cool as we're describing it. Like mm-hmm. they unironically like the stunt work in this is fucking fantastic like Mm -hmm. like they whoever wrote this movie whoever's involved in production like had an idea of like hey let's do this this will look cool like hey we have you know this like big strong charismatic lead let's let him do this stuff and people will buy it and it all works like all of the action stuff from here forward every bit as good as we're describing it we are not embellishing at this point so 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 uh, I guess on that note, perhaps we should talk about the flaming axe. Are we already at the flaming axe? <laughs> is there is there something I'm skipping over that's necessary? Uh, I don't feel like there is. So, I, one of the one of the plot points that's necessary here is his daughter sneaks along with him because she wants to go with daddy today. So uh, she Dude, is in all this. This is like <laughs> I love that this is like a recurring thing in movies because like. There is no fucking way, like, this eight-year-old kid would be able to keep quiet in the back of a truck for however fucking long it took to get to this cabin. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, like, every time it happens, I just, it makes me laugh. But I love that this is, like, a fucking plot contrivance in so many of these stupid-ass fucking movies. Anyway. Well, I never so, would, I never would have been able to pull this off of my dad. The axe scene, <laughs> I remember the axe scene vividly. It was actually the only thing I remembered about this movie. What I had forgotten was before the axe... He has a pair of fireplace tongs. Oh, yeah, he does. Let's him roast and sizzle. Gets him real red hot. Creeps up to the window. Shoves him through the window to grab the guy by the neck and pull him through the window. And his scream is, it's just a perfect, ah! (laughs) He does that and then grabs an axe, puts it in the fire, (laughs) throws it across the room, hits the guy dead in the chest, and then throws a mason jar of what I can only assume is piss slash alcohol, <laughs> and sets the man ablaze. Some guy on letterback on Letterbox called that a gag, and uh, I'm not entirely sure that that's the wrong uh, term for it. <laughs> I feel like there's a better one though. It is one of the most satisfying things I've ever seen in a movie. No, speaking of satisfying here, so the the wife gets the uh, or mother gets the note from her daughter that says. I went with dad today, which uh, I like how it gets right to the point. There's no like wasted around or, or anything like that. No like secret coded message or anything. Just like I went with dad. And she's like, oh, what the hell? So she goes out there and uh, she's like, oh my God, my daughter's in danger. And she pulls out a fucking bow too. And I'm like, oh my God, I know exactly who this movie is marketed to. Green Bay yep. Packers fans. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah. But like, you know, in their younger years. <laughs> and when, when they were, they were half as large. Can you tell us your reaction to when he goes to retrieve his axe? After he <laughs> so this it really we're, spoke to me. So this is a uh, this is a different axe kill we're talking about because yes, this movie has multiple throwing axe kills because uh, yes. he's a he's a logger, you know. But there is a scene. There's a man in his cabin with a gun, presumably has ammunition. Jason Momoa kills this man by throwing his axe at him, splits his fucking head wide open like it's a goddamn tree stump it's beautiful and then you know he's got to go fight more of the bad guys and without hesitating 
He does not pick up the gun from the dead guy. He retrieves his axe. He takes his axe on to do further axe-related violence. And (laughs) the quote that Parker is referring to that I said earlier was that him picking up his axe with a readily available gun right there was my Luke Skywalker showing up at the end of The Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's just like, that's what kind of movie this is. It, it, It knows exactly why you're there. Like, yeah, of course, fucking any of us would have taken the assault rifle. But he takes the axe. Does and that's what I'm here for. Does he even use a gun in the entire movie? I don't think he does. Uh, I think he does some shooting at some point, but it's not I... a lot. It's mostly... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he has... At one point he has a handgun. And I yeah, remember he's like, because he's yeah. really bad with it, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he sees a one he guy... He, he's sort of, like, galloping. Uh, okay, so... Jason Momoa does more galloping in this movie than he does standing still. <laughs> he is just, like, hiding through the snow, yeah. holding <laughs> some kind of bladed weapon for 70% of the movie. And a double bag on his back, which may or may not have stuffed animals in it. And uh, to <laughs> agree with what Alex is saying, him throwing the flaming axe and then throwing the jar and light of the man on fire, that was me watching Captain America hold Thor's hammer. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. freaking out. Those portals were opening, baby. <laughs> Just a shitty flute theme. <laughs> and like... It's like his axe is good enough, and then he grabs the jar, and everything slows down. <laughs> it's, it's worth. And we know that he's going to do it too because they set that up where he like takes a swig of it and then he spits it on the fire to, uh, I guess, make it bigger. Yeah, that's how fire like, works. Oh, he's going to Yeah, yeah. They're not going to. They're not just going to leave that gelati there. They're just going to um, utilize that later. It's it's worth noting that like the reason we decided to watch this this week is because last week we were talking about Dune. And we were talking about how much fun uh, Jason Momoa as Duncan, Duncan Idaho, Idaho was. And uh, <laughs> my immediate response to that was like, oh, dude, we got to watch Braven then. And, yeah. uh, like, Aquaman sucks for a lot of reasons. But, like, the biggest, like, shitty thing about Aquaman is that, like, Jason Momoa was not going to make more of these fucking $8 million movies. Of just, like, him going to town on some fucking dudes in the woods for 90 minutes. Because, like, this is his calling. This is what he should be doing. He's so fucking good at this. Yeah. Oh, boy. He... Well, I'll tell you this. It's like, remember... What was that movie? One of you made me watch it. It's the one with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it's kind of like a Hunger Games sort of situation with him. You know? Oh, that would yeah. be The Condemned. Yeah, yeah The Condemned. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you think that Stone Cold Steve Austin would be great in that movie, and he's kind of not there's not a lot yeah. of room to chew Jason Momoa in that movie that's like a 10 out of 5 you know that's like you pull people into the room he's like dude you gotta see this uh, like Stone Cold in this movie there's no way it's working it's, he doesn't have a dog that's not gonna happen but like yeah Jason Momoa actually really good I, I really like him in this. sorry Joe Braven which uh, <laughs> that's a fall of the movie this name is Joe Braven that's, so, uh, that's a plus that's absolutely a plus like shut up so <laughs> I'd like to talk about the uh, the ending here so we have this climactic chase scene through the snow through the snowy woods of Canada and Parker I'm sorry all I can think about is the opening chase scene from the final sacrifice <laughs> <laughs> so boy Canadian rules You're football sure is different <laughs> And, uh, anyway, he's fighting that guy up on that, uh, zenith of that cliff, and, uh, he's like, what is that? What is that, fucking bear trap? You can't kill me. I'm the bad guy. And Bobo just runs at him, deliberately stomps on the bear trap as an anchor, and just 
like form tackles the guy off a cliff, drops him as a guy just shrinks into the background, ah, like that. And meanwhile, he's caught with his foot kill. in that bear trap, being like, ah, someone help me, ah. <laughs> I thought honestly that was a really good idea. You know, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Awesome. It's really fucking good. brilliant, like, dude. I'm not trying to like I'm laughing because it's like, oh yeah, that's so stupid. It was like actually no, that's a really good idea. And whoever came up was like, oh dude, I've got a great idea. Put this in your it's, movie. It, Thank it you, hurts American me. Hero, Canadian. It hurt, it hurts me that it's in this movie because we can't put it in our Squatch movie. Because that would be, you know, <laughs> oh, Squatch-related endeavors would be sick. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. There yeah, I know. There are feelings better movies than when you watch them and go, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And this movie has, like, like, four of those. It's great. Like, this, yeah. like any of these other movies, there's a hundred like these, and the wife gets kidnapped or something. Oh, this yeah. movie, she comes in, hits a guy with an arrow, and as he turns around in pain... Jason Momoa throws an axe at him. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. tag team a dude yeah. with the fucking wilderness weapon. You know, here's the thing about this to me is that, like, you you expect Jason Momoa to be able to do the action scenes because he's got that kind of build. But he looked actually sad when Stephen Lang was killed. And yeah. that's what I didn't expect from this. And I'm really happy that I got to see, like, some actual acting out of him. So it's like, we know that he can do this. And the problem here is just Aquaman and, by extension, Justice League. Like, yeah. All I know is if he went the Liam Neeson route and just made one of these a year, I would be so happy. I think the Liam Neeson route is like three of these a year. But well, you, know. you, know, you take what you can get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. This when you this... make that DC money, you only need to make one a year. As it turns out, <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's a matter like, right, of time before Liam Neeson's in one of those too. Oh, <laughs> you're not wrong. It's uh, cost five million dollars. Uh, you're going to be uh, we're in an oil field. And then people are going to kidnap your dog. All right, now just shoulder tackle people through walls for eight minutes. <laughs> All right. All right, hold on. I'm seeing it day one. Hold on. I'm pitching on the fly here, but uh, live-action Batman Beyond movie with Liam Neeson as old Bruce Wayne. Now we're talking. Let's get it. <laughs> Jason Momoa is young. Jason Momoa is Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> that wasn't where I was going with that, but I'm good with it. He can have it. <laughs> I don't know about the body type, but uh You think Liam Neeson just picks up the phone, he's like, I already did one of these Batmans and just hangs up immediately and doesn't even consider <laughs> Jason Momoa with the with the benefit of computers. Oh my god. Jason oh my. Momoa flying with like jet boots is something I deserve to see. I give him a radar? Are you serious? Like he'd hop on a plane and say permission to permission to come aboard. <laughs> I cannot Jason fucking Momo- talk tonight. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Jason Momoa versus Gia. Okay. Well, on to the game of games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um fuck, what we got here? Wow. Um All right, let's do this part first. Uh Chris, your teams went 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 and 4. That's by definition enough to win the week. So yes. uh, congratulations. Let's see Thank who you, you beat. Parker has four wins, five losses, the Ravens on by, and the Chris Hemsworth space. So uh, enjoy oh. a Chris Hemsworth movie, buddy. I oh, guess. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, that could be a lot worse. My teams, uh, looks like they uh, had the Raiders on by. I have four wins from the Jets, Eagles, Patriots, and Steelers somehow. Yeah. And uh, six losses. So, Chris, what am I watching? Tell you what, we're going to give you a nice one this time. I'd like to have you watch Don't Breathe. Okay. Have I seen Don't Breathe? I'll watch it again. It doesn't matter. It's been a long time. Um, right. Yeah, that works. Um, okay. Before we shuffle the teams up, I am 
very happy with my not unreasonable assignment. Uh, we have some some uh, fastest three minutes in dice to get through. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so, uh, as you remember, um, the team that's referenced in any of these, that person gets a Dragon Ball. So you can be thanking Chris Berman for your Dragon Balls, if and when you get them. Uh, there was a uh, there was a whoop for the Chargers game, so that'll be our first one. And it appears that I own the Chargers, so uh, let's put that up to three Dragon Balls. We had uh, a couple good Chris Berman nicknames this week. We had French Fryermuth on the Steelers, who I also own. So let's go ahead and bump that up to four Dragon Balls. And uh, and uh, the Chuban Missile Crisis on the Panthers. So uh, that is a Dragon Ball for Chris. Great. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's roll some dice. Oh, fuck, where'd that go? No, don't, don't roll away from me. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um... <laughs> Damn it. I hate when he's happy. <laughs> I hate it so much. I'm not happy because I'm going to end up with another movie out of this. But... Good. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to explain the fucking rules. <laughs> oh, Shit. All right, Parker. Parker, give me a movie. I give Chris a movie. Chris gives Parker a movie. Whoop! Wait, if there's rules to assign, hang on a second. There are not rules. No, 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 no. I got so nervous. Who am I assigning to? You're assigning to me. I'm assigning to Chris, and Chris is assigning to you. I'm gonna open this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got a list to work from here. Um, okay. I for some reason, didn't apologies in advance for this, but it is a Tom Cruise feature. Okay. Have you seen Rock of Ages? Yes. Fuck. Okay. Well, then we need to talk afterwards. I need to know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll watch it again if you want me to. Uh, oh, deal. <laughs> yeah. Freshen it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Parker, I got one for you. This is a movie oh. that, if necessary, I can give you the links for it on So It Goes. Uh, I haven't seen this. I'm not quite sure what it's about, although I think I can infer from the title. It's called Cyber Ninja. Okay, well, write that down real quick. <laughs> I think I've seen this. <laughs> All right. So that means I have to assign to Chris. Yes. All right. Um. All right. Well, this is the only nice thing left on my list. So you're gonna watch Detonator Two Nightwatch. <laughs> There's a detonator too. There is in fact a detonator too. Do not ask me. Oh, I hope this is one of the nice ones too. So. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. What else? We have two more rolls of the Berman dice. This is gonna be for the uh, the Cuban missile crisis. Jesus Christ! <laughs> He's too powerful. We have to stop him. <laughs> Oh, fuck, that's the same number. Um, Alright, we'll go the opposite direction this time. Okay. So uh, I assigned Alex... to Parker, Parker yeah. assigns to Chris, and Chris assigns to me. Alright, um, Alex, I would consider this a nice one. Uh, many okay. critics would say this is not, but I believe you said you haven't seen this one yet. Uh, it's a Tom Cruise movie called Legend. It's uh, that fantasy one. Okay. 
It was apparently the inspiration for The Legend of Zelda, and it's got Tim Curry as the devil. Yeah, so. literally the only two Tom Cruise movies I've never mm-hmm. seen are that and Far and Away. So, uh, yeah. so <laughs> you hit I one happen, of the two. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I said that I actually like this one, but uh, your mileage may vary. I, it's, I, you know I love my boy. Oh, that's, yes. that's fine. You just pile the uh, the Tom Cruise movies on my plate. It's not a big deal. Um, right. Uh, so I have to sign to Parker, and Parker signs to Chris. Parker, you have something for Chris yet, or...? Chris, I appreciate that you did me a favor, but unfortunately, I only have mean things right here. <laughs> oh well. Let me know how Tom and Jerry is, my man. I, I have to know. Oh, I oh. have to know. So that's what we've been reduced. It was that or Lords of Salem. So enjoy Tom oh. and Jerry. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> well, <laughs> now, now. No! <laughs> oh All my right. god, it's on so it goes. Alright, well, uh, unfortunately, as I just said to Chris, Parker, I'm also out of nice things to assign. So, uh, sure. Parker, have you seen The Nut Job? <laughs> you know, I too was on Brendan Fraser's wiki while you were talking about furry things. <laughs> oh, this has been on my, uh, god my spreadsheet it. for a while. So, uh... I'll add it to the list. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, they always All are. Alright, and now, one more roll of the Berman dice. <laughs> <laughs> the fastest three minutes in dice rolling. This is for uh, our boy French Fryermuth. <laughs> okay, I literally rolled a three and a five five times, or three times in a row. So, uh, let's just do it the I'll first just, way again. Let's get out let's of jail. Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it again. So, Parker oh, can assign great. to me, I'll assign to Chris, and Chris can assign to Parker. Let's do one more. This oh, is I like. Regret this now. This <laughs> is literally. This is literally, like, the worst possible case outcome for three rolls of the bourbon dice. But, oh, uh. That is incredible. Well. Dude, I got a fucking three and a five of. Never mind. I'm well, not you know what? Fine, you know what you, how you could improve your dice rolling is maybe you need bigger dice. Uh, maybe mm. like the dice they use in Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe like the dice they use in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Which one? The, the one with Thor Birch. And... You know what? Take your pick, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know what you find. Wait, wait, hold on. That's for that's for Parker. Wait, no, hold on, hold on. No, that's for you. I'm assigning to Chris. Yeah. Wait. No, so you're assigning to Parker, Parker's assigning to me, and I'm assigning to you. So, Parker, yeah, enjoy the Dungeons Parker? & Dragons movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, man. Oh, oh, oops. Hey, Parker, uh, maybe you need better dice. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually funnier for Parker to watch it now, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> I will have to look up which one it is, but I'm assigning you the direct-to-DVD Hellraiser sequel that has Lance Henriksen in it, who creates a haunted video game. Wait, oh, you fuck yeah, partner, dude. Right? <laughs> I do not remember which one it is with a gun to my head, but he's only in one of them, so... Yeah. Oh, I will find it. That means I, I guess I get Chris, then. Um, yeah. Just to really let Parker know which Dungeons & Dragons movie it is. It's the one with Thor Birch and... Uh, one of the Wayans, right? yeah, one of the Wayans yeah, brothers. I know <laughs> yeah, good, you know I, the one. I, I assume. Well, uh, you like fantasy, right? No. Oh. <laughs> Chris, I, this is as nice as I can possibly be, given my list of things to work from here. Because this one's only 83 minutes, so uh, you're welcome for that. But uh, now that I've said that, you are going to be watching Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom. What? Hold on, I can't just make up Howard Lovecraft. 
2016 animated film based on the graphic novel of the same name, inspired by the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, this is as nice as it gets. <laughs> Oh, 83 no. minutes is as nice as it gets. Dude, you want me to take it oh, back okay, and give no, you something no, else? No, no, I'll do no, it. no, 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 no. Okay. Blockers. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I was going to say. Let's, uh, Bumper nuts, that suggestion. Because <laughs> <laughs> my list is getting extremely mean. I don't think you want to watch The Greatest Showman, so. Okay. Okay. As, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying, dude. That's down. where we're at. Yeah. yeah, let's calm it down. We get 17 or 18 weeks to get through, so, uh. Um, alright, let's, uh, spin for some teams. Alright. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Parker, what do you want to change the Chris Hemsworth space to? Oh. Get back to me while we spin. Okay. I was desperately trying to find movies for everyone and then blocked out everything else. Understandable. Uh, oh, dude, whoever's in the spreadsheet is anonymous Nyan Cat right now, so congrats I'm to you. Close it out. <laughs> <laughs> You actually did, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it back in. I'm re-rolling what I am now. <laughs> yeah, all right. You can leave that in. <laughs> uh, you are now Anonymous Koala. That is better. Okay, good. Yeah, got the clap. Parker, do you need the link? Or are you good? Uh, yeah, if you don't mind. I, I, I got, got him. I, I got, got him. You got him? Okay, cool. I got him. Ow. All right. Um... Alright, so I'm gonna get rid of one of my teams. Each of us will get rid of one of ours, put them in the pool. I'm gonna... I'm keeping my jets, you know? I gotta, you know, hang on to, uh, <laughs> to my boy Mike White, the the, yeah. the passing leader. The Eagles can go in, though. Fuck them. Alright, I'm gonna get rid of uh, the Colts. Oh, I forgot they you know, were in there. I, I would rather get rid of a lot of those teams. <laughs> and, uh... But, uh, it's okay. Uh, I'm gonna Parker. get rid. You said two for us. Yeah, no, 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 no. One, one each for now. Oh, never mind. Um, yeah. I don't want Carson Wentz anywhere near me. Let's yeah. Get these Texans on out of here. All right, <laughs> <Holy> Jesus. <laughs> All right, now Chris, you can pick one of mine and one of Parker's. All right, I want to. Hmm. Oh, get rid of Alex's Super Bowl Lions, you crafty little minx. Oh, <laughs> damn it! I was hoping you wouldn't see. <laughs> Parker, uh, how about you get rid of those? Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Alright. At least you didn't touch my birds. Alright, Parker, you can pick one of my teams. Ooh, what do we have here? I don't want those birds. Um, well, he already took the Lions. Right. Fuck it, we'll roll with the Raiders. I'm sure something stupid will happen. God damn it. That sounds fun for me. Alright, and now, uh, what do we got? Chris, you can throw one more of yours in. Alright, I'd like to get rid of the Jaguars. Okay. Now Parker and I have to agree on one of Chris's teams to throw in as the last one. Um Rams, Cowboys, or Bills? Who are we who are we throwing in? Um Bears it is. <laughs> I'm thinking bears. Oh, you want to throw in the bears? We'll throw in the bears. Yeah, fuck okay, it. Let's go. Yeah, bears. All right, there you go. A lot of cat teams in this week. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Always thinking yeah. cat teams. All right. Jack, what's our uh, what's what's the Hemsworth space gonna be? You can take your time. It's cool. I'm Lion sure this movies. is gonna get cut. Let's go cat movies. You can use oh, that any way you want. Oh my god! It can be an actual cat. It can be cat dinnings. You can do whatever. Yeah, makes I've, you happy. I've seen Hocus Pocus. Right. <laughs> Give me one second. 
second here. Cats of the Forest, Cats of the City. <laughs> oh my god. So I watched Bear for my cat movie. Oh, by the way, a CGI bear chases Brendan Fraser in a fucking movie I talked about. He doesn't even unload a clip it. into its skull. <laughs> it's like being like psychically controlled by the raccoon who is evil. I don't know. Dude. Okay. No. No. I, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna be evil. He's not voiced by Ken Jeong. Well, well, then people wouldn't be able to understand him. <laughs> know how mad I got when I remember like oh yeah I have the role in Emmerich space and then saw that moon movie doesn't come out till February <laughs> pretty upset about it tune in next week for more of the game of games and that's the tea sis